This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. This is Freight. This is Jax. This is Dean. And, and this is the Rach Jackson Dean Podcast. <laughs> Sound really chipper. Oh. <laughs> 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 That's weird. Joy 94.9. Hey, do you have a dog? Not currently, but I've always had dogs. And if you had a dog, would you go, who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? Oh, all the time, except my dogs were always girls. But, you know. Who's a good girl? Who's a good girl? Who's a good dog? Ruff, ruff. Hey, and joining us on the line is Alex from The Big Smoke to talk about why it's important to talk to your dogs. Hey, Alex. Yeah. Oh, can't, can't stop the dogs from barking now. Sorry, we, we got them stirred up. I love the story because basically it's the mismatch of how science responds to us as humans and our language re- register and that correlation between how parents talk to their babies and how pet owners talk to their dogs. And there's a, a clear link according to the research, which I, as a pet owner, absolutely love. I like this. And something about the way you say, who's a good boy? It's like, I got your nose, I got your nose, who's got your nose? (laughs) It's exactly the same. So it's all about tone, pitch, the way we say it, the way our face responds to the child or to the dog. And all of those communication cues, um, it helps build that bond with the baby or the dog. So uh, the same sort of, uh, I guess, games that, parents play with their kids in, in, in a different way could be applied to our relationship with our dogs. And um, as a pet owner, I am someone who talks to my dog. You know, I interact with her quite a lot. And because of that, it's built a bond between us where the dog has um, got a really big personality. And I always thought it was anecdotal evidence that she was like that. But actually, the research indicates that that kind of commitment to your pet or that kind of um, investment in engaging with your pet can actually result in a really strong bond between both parties. There you go. So do you, when you say you have conversations with your dog, do you get home and you'd be like, hey, Socks, how was your day? Yeah, mine was pretty good, thanks. All right, you're a well, good girl. <laughs> <laughs> I, I talk to my dog and I ask her things like, how, how are you? And I love you. And I just engage with her a lot. And the other thing about her is that she watches TV. And I used to think that that was um, a weird thing or maybe she wasn't really watching. But yeah. over time, I realized she actually really watches every movement, every every just transaction on the screen. Um, and uh, and the research has shown as well that dogs, you know, we, they don't see in black and white. They can see hues of color. Um, they can understand up to 250 words, um, even doing basic uh, mathematical in some research studies, according to certain breeds, they can actually decipher, um, you know, which number of cubes should be somewhere. So dogs are very smart, and um, and the investment that we put into them really does nurture that that um, I guess that intelligence and intelligence and that bond. So two hundred and fifty words—that's a lot. It's more than me. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I wonder with this research, do they look at different breeds of dogs? I wonder, like, are there are yeah. some breeds smarter than others? Yeah, oh, so, yes. so basically the way the research is, um, you know, they, they look at the different breeds and also 
the type of background the dog has had. So, for example, there's going to be a really big difference in cognitive response to a dog who's been in a shelter for two years than a dog that's been in a home and engaged with the family and played with the family and gets spoken to. So all of those things do uh, end up impacting the dog's life. But I think what's really nice about research like this, it, it validates what pet owners know, and that is that their dog has a personality, they've got an engaging relationship with their dog, and it's not weird, and the dog, and they're not humanising the dog necessarily, but the dog is actually proven to have a brain that responds to this stuff. So anyone who tries to argue against your dog not being part of your family, here's proof. You've got a bond. So my whole world is about me validating my relationship with my partner. <laughs> your, your fur baby, that's right. It makes yeah. me wonder, though, I've had the experience with my cats. My cats used to watch television. Well, I, I thought they were watching yeah. television, and maybe this research supports that they are watching the television. So I'm wondering whether this is a, a new stream of content creation. We could create content oh. for dogs and cats. Well, Actually, funny you say that. About two years ago, there was a Christmas album came out that was for cats. And (laughs) I'm not kidding. I can't make this up. The idea behind it was that the music would provoke a response in the cat and they'd apparently done research around how the cats respond to different beats and tempos and and stuff. But as a non-cat person, I didn't pay too much attention to it. But I don't think it got on the ARIA chart, from what I remember. Fair enough. Well, thank you for bringing us uh, the most uplifting topic of our week. Thanks, Alex. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much. (laughs) Thanks, Alex. You can find more Joycast and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.